Hey, how's it going? It's Doug Bird here, your host of the Something Fresh podcast, where we talk about all things sport, adventure, and lifestyle. To bring these conversations to life, we connect with people who make things happen in this space, be they industry leaders, athletes, influencers, or progressive thinkers, to name a few. I'm super passionate about this subject, not only because of its ever-changing dynamics, but also because of the role that it plays in our daily lives. The aim of the show is simple. Create an environment where people can learn through the experiences of others, be they established role players or new kids on the block, and hopefully through that, become inspired into action in some way. If that's not up your alley and you're simply here to listen to interesting conversations, then that's cool too. Thanks for tuning in. I hope you enjoy the show. So it might be controversial, but to me there are, and I am simplifying it, there are pretty much two types of people in the world in my mind. There are people that talk about stuff. Um, about their their passions, their vision, their opinions and so on. And social media has definitely created a platform for people to do that. I think conversation is important, but I feel where the validity of conversation falls flat is where... Oh, you see there, I'm nervous. Is where it, it, uh, it's, it, 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 it's only conversation and, and action doesn't follow. And what I mean by the two types of people in the world, they're those that talk and they're those that... that not only talk but end up doing something about it and today we've got two ladies uh, on the podcast that are from the barrier breakers project the women's cycling advocacy project uh, based out of cape town and they look to inspire and empower women through the sport of cycling i've literally read that off of their instagram handle so if your phone is handy <laughs> make sure you go and follow them alrika hermsen pretorius and renata bossi are our guests here today of course i'm uh, flanked by j-dog the enthusiastic youngster aka the best rider on the show hello j-dog how's it going could debate that uh the title there i'm not that enthusiastic not anymore why what is you you're still tired from doozy no it's, the sun's gone away now it's winter <laughs> no stoked to be here stoked to be here stoked to be chatting with some ladies I've spent a bit of time on the trail with as well, trying to hone their skills. Have they honed? Their skills are in the process of honing. Yeah. <laughs> Renata's working on her track stands and Ulrich has been trying to do cutties so that she can get um, chased off. But not, not in Tukai or, or Tigerberg? No, she reckons once she can get chased off Instagram for, for doing cutties at Tukai, then she'll have made it. <laughs> That's a good goal, I'd say. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, excited to have you ladies with us and uh, you're certainly not, uh, well, you do talk a lot and you've got strong opinions and that's great, but better yet, you're actually doing something about it. So I don't know where to, to start. Ulrika, um, you're definitely a cyclist. Um, what I'm seeing in front of me here, ladies and gents, is a ferocious sock tan. Um, uh, it's, it's more out of jealousy um, because that, that shows her commitment to the sport. But welcome and can you give me a little bit about... Uh, what Project Barry Breakers does and is and all of those good things. Yeah, thanks for having us. Um, yeah, I'm Arika Aramzen Pretorius and um, yeah, we've started Project Barrier Breakers to yeah, inspire, connect and empower women and to get them on the bikes. So yeah, the project is about telling stories, inspiring and um, yeah, we can only do it with people and other people like sharing in that that dream and just the passion for the project so yeah i don't know what else you want to know about the project but that's in short i, I just want to know how you got a trail runner to leave her trail shoes behind <laughs> jump on a bike and, and join the project i guess that's where ren ren comes in huh? yeah i mean i think ren can maybe just share her background in how she got into cycling but i think it's like it's four ladies that's from various different backgrounds. I mean, I've only been cycling almost three years. 
have no successful background in cycling but absolutely just fell in love with the sport and then Ren, I don't know if you can maybe say how yeah. you ended up. <laughs> Dajinis, I'm going to say Dajinis. I mean, that's, that's <laughs> kind of the trend. I think we all start running and then get into the cycling thing and we have our first knee injury or we have our first long-term knee injury. Um, but yeah, I was an avid trail runner, really, really enjoyed that and then just couldn't, couldn't fight the knee injury anymore. So I bought a bicycle and <laughs> never looked back. Um, yeah, and then so I think, yeah. So maybe. you're two of, two of the four. Who are the two other the partners in crime? Yeah, so we've got Taylor Setscorn. That's she's been cycling, I think, the yeah. longest yeah. from all of us. I think most of her life. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, she's absolutely a beast going downhill. I need to. Um, she actually needs to do a skills clinic with all of us. I feel. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I'm normally like, if I'm behind her, I just need to like when I need to recover going down. I'm not recovering because I just need to like focus, not to fall on my face. And then we then we've got Tegan Phillips on board. Yeah. Um, it's my riding partner. She's more of a roadie who we're busy converting into a mountain biker. Um, but yeah, definitely more of a road rider. Very good at endurance stuff. Um, yeah, definitely not an easy riding partner to have. No, yeah. It's, <laughs> it's two kind of um, quite different mindsets to the whole sport of riding, which we figured out at our first mountain bike race that we did together now a few weeks ago, P to Plet. Um, but yeah, you kind of get your head around it and <laughs> learn on the go. Um, and does yeah. she ever just like at the end of a stage race want to keep on riding because she's only warmed <laughs> up after 60 k's? I can actually <laughs> tell you about our first training camp. Um, we rode through the Karoo and we actually rode all the way to Africa Burn to the, the literal spot where they set up all of the all of the statues and everything. And on purpose? On purpose, yes, yes on purpose. And um, how hot was it? It was like 40... Yeah, it was pretty much like 43 degrees. 43 degrees. No wind. No wind. It's like 80 k's in, and that's no. where we finish. No, do we, do we do any 80 k's? Or maybe 100. Oh, no, no, I'm sure we did more. We, it was it was a proper day. It was like a solid 4 o'clock in the afternoon, you know, riding from sunrise. And we got there, and Teagues was like, we need to ride back to our accommodation now. Um, I was about to say, it sounds was, like Tegan's happy place and she that was you're quite describing. Like, completely. She was quite disappointed where kind of like Barry and Ulrich and Taylor's coach were like, no, no, <laughs> I think we're all going to jump in the jump in the car now. And Teagues was quite upset about that. But um, yeah, that's, <laughs> that's kind of <laughs> how she enjoys her riding all day, you know, yeah, all day, all night. So that's, a, I guess, a good challenge for, for all of you to kind of... I, well, I would say is it inspirational for you or you're like well here we go again <laughs> <laughs> yeah I think um, I mean it is nice to have that kind of man- mindset in the team but it's also like the different stories that we we all want to share to inspire different women mm. because I feel that I mean not all women want to race bikes they maybe just want to go on a bike packing trip or they want to go on this like 500k ride if you want to call it a ride and not oh, survival just do a, a 30k road ride and get through that you yeah, know like like just to kind of bike. accommodate for you know that end of the spectrum yeah, as well Ulrika's in the bar high <laughs> <laughs> Ulrika a 500k ride yeah, just okay like, just to put it out there like I don't see myself ever doing a 500 kilometer like single stage like trying to survive like I'm not made for the long distance (laughs) but um, I think it's important like to put it out there that I mean Taylor and myself will be racing in the elite categories like to show that it's possible to go from absolutely nobodies to trying to stick to the pro with the pros 
and then um, Ren will be doing bikepacking and also like going on with the shiverous thing. Um, there might be some other locations loading throughout the year. Yeah. And then also Tegan will be doing the the Guinness World Record from Cairo to Cape Town mm. next year, Feb. So it's like through all of those stories, hopefully inspiring women um, from different areas and different um, backgrounds and yeah. just different, how do you call it, like kinds of rides. Not everybody want to race, as we said before. So yeah, we try and... There and also everybody. just through our, our group rides like we've got a nice setup now with east city cycle so every friday we do a femme friday and the idea is just to like to connect the greater cycling community of women in cape town because you know there's women riders out there we see them every day but they're often by themselves and we just want to connect everyone and you know grow the community as a whole and make a space women can come if they're new to cycling or if they're advanced riders and just ride together yeah that's one thing that uh that I love about the sport is how it, it obviously connects people but also how you can do it on your own terms it's mm. I think the, over the last decade that mindset's changed significantly where like even five years ago it was race 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 if you're doing a stage race have you done the epic no oh, okay then <laughs> you're not really a rider or you know you haven't done this mad thing and now it's people have gotten to the point where it's about the personal challenge can I ride 500 k's can I do Chevresting in what I mean do you have a time frame like 24 hours or mm. like the quickest possible time it's more about the personal journey than trying yeah. to beat someone else yeah and I find that there's been a significant shift in momentum especially with COVID where people are like hey I actually don't need to go and do that race to prove myself like completely I can and do even it on just my terms. embracing the failures like I think with our first Chevresting event what was so pertinent is there were quite a few women that set out to do the full and then you know dropped down to doing the half instead and I mean, for multiple different reasons, either going out too fast or injury or bike issues or whatever. But it was just like, okay, cool. Now I've done the half. That's great. And it's been like a great first attempt. Mm. But now I can look at, do I want to do the full? Was the half enough? You know, like there's so many lessons just in mm. trying that you can then take on into the next one. You know, Part of the learning process. Completely. Eh? Yeah. yeah. Battling the saddle sores and the cramp oh. and the nutrition <laughs> and how you feel and when you rest and all those good things. So I guess we've talked a bit about the the active stuff that you're up to but where did where did the idea come from i mean four different people four different walks of life in many respects what connected you all and and where did it start um yeah so i ended up riding wines to wales not last year the year before with a friend um bianca silbauer and we ended up not racing or riding the the women's event that was the first weekend i swan it for ariane luti and so we rode the the men's race but we were finishing i think we came second within the ladies race although there was yeah there was quite a nice bunch of ladies riding that one as well um and then afterwards i was just quite curious to see like how we i mean the weather was quite different our distances was quite a little bit further than the ladies actually and i just compared our times with the the elite ladies and i think we would have come like top 10 and i mean that was my first stage race and i've always been like super competitive <laughs> maybe too much <laughs> but um, i mean i didn't come from i mean i literally go downhill like having no skill so the chances of me crashing is like 50 percent like literally maybe more even 
I feel like we share that in common. <laughs> <laughs> and I, when the like I started in the, the November the year before then, and I literally crashed every single ride from November till February, and I rode pretty much three to four times a week at least so i did have a lot of crashes but um what's that crash ratio meant to be it's what like one in every 10 rides you meant to crash otherwise you're not pushing hard enough well, so I you just got that all out the way in the beginning i'm you're pushing like, way too hard <laughs> <laughs> let me just take oh, all I of those no skills. 10 <laughs> crashes in every ride <laughs> like, it's not yeah, sustainable yeah. Um, you had a pretty advanced uh, group by the sounds of things that you sort of got into the riding with yeah well i just met up with this gentleman sitting in Kauai and uh, he said well I can maybe connect you with a bunch of guys riding in Selimbosh and I mean they they I mean in Afrikaans I need to t call them Wim because they're literally as old as my dad but out of them telling me not to I didn't end up doing it but um, yeah I mean, they were all training for epic so in November you hopefully for March you are slightly fit already so we went up sulky for my f second ever ride I was so tired when I got to the top, I didn't end up going st onto the single track because one, I didn't know the single track <laughs> and two, I knew I would definitely crash. What's the elevation gain at Salki? It's like 400, like 400 meters vertical or something. isn't it? Like it's hectic. It's very hectic. <laughs> I don't know the number because I did, but I don't know if it happens to anyone else. But when I go through really traumatic experiences, <laughs> my brain just erases it from my memory. So I can't remember. But as a second ride, I think we need to be fair to the ladies listening in. Like, that is a beast for your second ride. If you are not in that category, don't don't worry. Just climb on the bike. You don't have to start there. Yeah, so just to take it back. So we ended up, I mean, riding once to Wales, comparing, like, I just, like, out of curiosity, compare my times. Curiosity, competitiveness. Yeah, yeah. like, whatever you want to call it, you can label that. But, um, and then... I just started to think of like why is there so little ladies teams in South Africa specifically and started like just putting some thoughts into like onto paper and just chatting, chatting to a couple of people and then yeah barrier like it wasn't barrier breakers it was literally team XXX. Triple X. That would have been quite cool. Or XX. Like I can't remember. But um Did you did you have Vin Diesel on your Definitely not. But yeah, so I pulled up like in hard lockdown this massive document. Like it literally felt like a PhD. Um you know all about this. Yeah, because I did finish my PhD. Doctor Ulrika. Um so yeah she's, she's busy yeah do we have to do the intro again <laughs> no please don't <laughs> but yeah so i pulled up this document which ended up being super super long and i just realized like at all the events it's like four to nine percent woman and it's so little um and as time went on it was like literally lockdown everybody said to me like you won't get sponsors and all the normal stuff and then we i don't know even how i got connected to Ren and yeah first to Taylor and then to me yeah so Taylor and myself ended up riding quite a bit together through Joe and Dobbinson that's Dobbinson that's biking in the bush and um yeah we just like clicked yeah so it was always me and Taylor and then um you invited me on board and I knew Taylor from my very first kind of bike packing mission as well first time on the mountain bike 
did a two-day bikepacking mission to mm-hmm. Grayson, which was um, pretty intense. Yeah, I don't know why she would want me to join the team after that because I redlined the whole way and but didn't was, really yeah. show up very well. But um, but it was yeah. also quite a thing of like they started Chivalrous thing and we really had quite a lot of mutual like goals and just passions. And I just said to them, instead of starting two different things, why don't we pull Chivalrous thing under Barrier Breakers? And I must be honest, like mm-hmm. Barrier Breakers, like the whole like going from this massive crazy document trying (laughs) to put something on paper it changed actually quite nicely into what we are standing for today Mm. and um, it's quite compact and it's nice and it's easy to give over what what because we're not just about racing it's so much more than just racing and different stories but yeah I mean easy for people to relate to yeah I mean if I had to go back and try and like comprehend what I was trying to put on paper in the beginning it, it's always got the thought of like what barrier breakers are about or is about now but it was quite difficult to put it in words and like mm. all four of us we are like a family and yeah quite close and i just think it's because we've got the same goals and same passions towards the same yeah thing so the team all started coming together at the right time it seems was there anyone else like outside of the you girls yourselves that was quite instrumental in in making it happen I don't know. Your coach Barry. Uh, yeah, so. Austin. Yeah, that's quite an interesting. <laughs> I recall <laughs> some good stories. Here. Yeah. Um, yeah, he's quite like. He, I mean, he coaches like. Yeah, he's an average coach. Yeah, I like, mean, no, yeah. like I mean, it's Only not like the Pauline celebrity. Pauline Prevan-Prevost, she's not too bad. What's it? Too. Name's familiar. Yeah. <laughs> and like Robin de Groot. She's she's also not bad, eh? Top three in the world, top four in the world most recently. How many how many gold champs does Pauline have now? Two, two golds, three golds. Mm, I don't know. I, I mean, but it's like she's not really track, no. but I just know lots one about her rabbit. Like road, cyclocross, and cross yeah. country, and one Olympic, like it's quite Olympics. Like, yeah. She's an absolute machine. So, in other words, if you're listening, that was a bit of a bad joke on my side. Barry's a weapon. He knows one <laughs> or two things about how to coach humans to ride bikes. And the sport of cycling. And the sport of cycling. Yeah. So I mean, he worked on. Kenyan Shrams, the lady team, like mm. um, on that team, a road team. And yeah, I mean, when I started cycling, I mean, you start recognizing names. And so I saw somewhere on a post from, from Pauline's side, Barry, and I never put one and one together, but we moved back to Malkbos Strand and I didn't know he's from Malkbos, but then somebody said to me, I need to chat to Barry about the project. And then when I put one and one together, I'm like, no way I can chat to him. Like, <laughs> there's no way because I'm like this absolute nobody in cycling with no background. Um, I don't even know how to cycle properly. There's no way that I'm going to do it. And then he put th- together this like urban challenge during lockdown where we just like, go on a Monday and you've got a week to come, like finish this whole segment and the best woman, best man wins and I actually managed to like win an AeroPress or something because I ended up being the fastest woman on the section. And Shock and horror. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and, and slight side note Competitive there. Competitive Ulrika. <laughs> <laughs> slight moving off to the side there. I've just bought an AeroPress. They're damn expensive so good job on winning one. No, it's actually what like, a win. Taylor and myself had to share it, but so we've got a thing if we go on an event, this thing needs to go with now. <laughs> but um, I didn't see it at P to Plate. I didn't um, receive no, my morning coffee. <laughs> so you were in another tent. Oh, okay, yeah. that was the issue. So it um, actually was happening. <laughs> no, no, no. 
but yeah, so I ended up like going for a ride with Barry um, because I just emailed him like I want to chat to you about something. And if you get an email from Ulrika, eh? you must know that <laughs> it's not a small question coming. It's usually quite a big one. <laughs> no, and he said, no, let's go for a coffee or a ride and then coffee. And off we went on this ride. And I absolutely have no idea what I tried to explain to him because it wasn't just like barrier breakers project or the project is about this this and this it was like I tried to survive first of all like keeping up with him <laughs> and then secondly trying to explain something that I couldn't yet comprehend what I'm trying to explain so I don't know what I said to him but he said to me he would like to be involved not just as a coach but maybe just as a mentor because mm. he knows the industry and you know like he can I mean he's been instrumental in mm. like giving insights of Mm. where what and how so I must say yeah I think it's Barry um, yeah and then I think Joanne like I mean that's pretty much like where the girls met each other and if it wasn't for that kind of platform of what she puts down there like for women to go on a ride together I don't think we would have all met up yeah so mm. I can't think maybe mm. I'm missing somebody now but so, so an overview your second ride was to Sulky and your first coach was Barry <laughs> Yeah, and it's aiming low. Aiming low. I survived now for a year, so I'm actually bringing up the average side of the team. How to get into mountain biking <laughs> with Elrika? <laughs> <laughs> the best coach in the world. Right, the, the hardest mountain bike climb in the Western Cape. And yeah. fall. Don't be afraid of falling. Eh? Don't be afraid of falling. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, yeah you got a new bio. <laughs> Yeah. So you all met through through Joe Dominson. She's a skills coach out in Stellenbosch. Yeah, so she's the skills coach out in Stellenbosch that has this weekly women's ride. Um, I th yeah, that's where. So Behenka that I rode with Wines to Wales with, we met there, and it also Joanne that organised us the free entry through Rehydrate. Um, I met Taylor there, and then I don't know you weren't there, right? No, no. no. Yeah, and then it all just expanded to Ren and Teeks after a while but yeah, yeah I think that's where it all started. Alright so things started coming together but where was it at the the point I mean if you look at the Project Barrier Breakers or now named Wintergreen Barrier Breakers you look quite established and you guys are more sh certain now of, of what you are obviously still coming up with new ideas and as you go but where did things start to really solidify would you say? I think DC, yeah. I think DC was kind of our, our first event together as a team and our first event under Wintergreen as well. And yeah, just racing together. Yeah, I mean, when I was putting the project together, I mean, you need to to do the events and initiatives. You do need money. And mm -hmm. um, yeah, I just started like contacting different people, like randomly, like this is our business proposal and can you potentially just help out um, and I ended up needing to go to Cape Cycle Systems for a warranty on my one bike and then as I was walking out I'm like oh I must maybe maybe contact them like just for maybe they can just service our bike or can give us preferential pricing if we need and there was a gentleman standing there I had no idea who he is and I walked out and I'm like now nah, I'm just gonna ask like for contact email <laughs> And I walk back and I'm like, sorry, do you work here? And it ended up being Graham, that's the, I think the CEO of Cape Cycle Systems. And I'm just like, can I maybe get your marketing manager's email address? And he's like, yeah, you can just Warren, like email Warren. And I ended up emailing Warren and nothing really happened. And then 
after two or three months, I just got this email from Prime Brands. That's the holding company for Wintergreen. They're looking to sponsor a ladies team at DC. And I went in for conversations and yeah, they are our financial sponsor on the moment. We are looking for a second financial sponsor, but it's mm. such a fine line of how we ended up at Wintergreen not just for DC, but for the whole year and for the team. So yeah, it's quite f fine lines. <laughs> so you, you've traveled a, a long way from, from the beginning in a short period of time. Mm. Um, what were, so clearly you had to put in a lot of work to establish what you knew what in your mind, no doubt, Ulrike, it was super clear like you, but it was hard to verbalize mm. and, to, and to sell. And that, I guess, goes back to, to the introduction and, and where I feel a lot of people fall flat. They're passionate about stuff, they talk about stuff, they have a vision, but then when it comes to actually trying to define it, it can take six months, a year, even longer sometimes. Mm -hmm. So well done for sticking with that because that's, I think, often where things fall flat. But in doing that homework and, and in essentially simmering it down to where, where it is at now, and and one of the the big reasons and starting and asking the questions why only four to nine four to nine percent of the field are only ladies what do you what have you guys identified as challenges for women to enter into the sport of cycling Yo, where do you start <laughs> yeah where do um, you start? i mean that's something that we constantly ask um, women if we are cycling with them mm. because it's like you can't just pinpoint like one barrier that's like i mean it's quite Cycling's fascinating kind of made up of so many different components whether it's the bike or the kit or the safety or um just organizing other people to ride with um community kind of outlook um yeah it's been quite varied it almost yeah. depends where you are <laughs> what the different barriers are to entry yeah um, and i must say like i think at events especially you um it's going to be like a collective kind of effort to there's no way on earth that it's something that you can only do as one person that's why i think it's really important to have a team of people and i mean i couldn't have done it on myself i mean i only have one story to tell um and only like so many people can relate to my story where some people can relate better to ren's story or to tegan's story or taylor's story or even people in our community story. That's what people is like mm. they are missing is it's not just our stories that we're telling. It's about like creating this community and what stories come out of that community. But I mean, one of the things that's even like quite frightening to me is like because there's so little women at events, you don't have a women specific start at most events. I mean, I know like Epic Day, I mean, but it is like the Tour de France. You, of you see <laughs> rules, yeah. Yeah, they yeah. need to have their own start. But if you're going to look at like any smaller event, it is quite frightening. I mean, I know I'm not as skilled as like most of the guys in batch A. And now you need to start in a batch A or batch B even. And it's like hundreds of guys next to you. And unfortunately, like riding and then I'm also like a thing of like, oh, well, I'm not as skilled, so I'm going to let them pass. But some women will be so frightened at like even just starting there. So if we can have more women towards the end or even at the start towards the end of the groups, they will most probably like domino into the front end of the groups and hopefully someday we can have our own start. But like, yeah, maybe they don't want to race. They just want to... Completely. get onto the yeah. bike but then they mm. need to have a community that can help them and i mean yeah. we've had trail tuesdays in tukai 
on the at the mornings and I mean it's so cool to see women rock up there that don't know how to put up like to even put over gears that hmm. like nobody gear. has told them I mean it's something that we also like you think about it now and you're like okay well I also didn't know about this hmm. so just to have a safe space for women to ask like yeah I think like a big thing for us is it's really like non-judgmental and 100%. like you're not rocking up here to show off your flashy 200k yeah. bike or to show us your latest kit like we really couldn't care less um but to be able to come into a space where you can ask all the questions that mm. you have and to fail as well and to just try your best and you know be able to bounce ideas off other women as well yeah and just to see the absolute stoke after mm. a 45 <laughs> minute ride on the green belts i mean we first of all we first went into tukai itself but it is quite technical mm. and it's a it's a long climb and i mean yeah you kind of only get one climb out of the morning and then yeah one so we ended up like going onto the green belts and it's just so absolutely cool to see the stoke of women getting onto the bike learning how to work the gears or just go onto a small little single track for the first time getting back to bootleggers and just have this massive <laughs> smile so yes it, it is time consuming but the idea is is to have similar rides in i mean i'm out in marpo strand renner's mostly days like in stellies mm. um to maybe have like s- the similar kind of vibe happening to its tigerberg in stellenbosch like with each of us maybe leading the the group on a mm. tuesday or maybe on a friday so fem fridays is currently in cape town yeah but it's hoped to like just form a trend of like just have like a post of you riding with other women using Femme Fridays as the hashtag just to have this community of women. So yeah. yeah. The progression of the sport in South Africa though has been quite an interesting one because it's been led by events. Mm. If you think about pre-epic, what was there really in, in cycling terms other than, I mean, road, uh, yeah. cycle tour, which yeah. that's what, 40, maybe 42, 40 years 41. old, 40 years yeah, I mean, old. Its history is, is significant and I think people probably more willing to try ride a road bike than a mountain bike for yeah. their first types of rides but i think that speaks to to what you're highlighting now um it's something that we've observed um even even in the men's space and it's a big part of the reason why i started wild air tv was in my journey i come from canoeing background i'm way too tall and heavy to be riding bikes <laughs> it's why my back's buggered but i love it and but my journey was equally as intimidating because mm. the people i used to hang out with and that you know, i mean being an mc on finish lines it was the ollie munichs of the world and so on i mean jeepers i'm been riding for six years now and i still only see ollie in the parking lot like <laughs> so that was a big part of, of of wild air and trying to create that safe space where you could crash where you could make mistakes you could break chains but equally not be taken advantage of by yeah. a lot of um i would say the commercial aspects of the sport i mean in in my early years of of riding i probably overspent by 30 to seventy thousand rand for, on bad advice yeah on what bike i needed yeah. or and it it really is it's i think that that momentum's shifting but it's only shifting because of people like yourselves that are out there and and proactively educating mm. educating others um i live in the southern suburbs and it makes me so happy when i when i'm doing school lifts in the morning to see like 20 30 even more in summer mornings ladies cruising out to to Takai or doing laps on the green belt despite to the dog walkers going damn you I've been walking here for 30 years why are you here well because we're allowed to be um so yeah it's 
are you at that point now where where you where you're starting to actively obviously actively see it but are you kind of gone to that point where you're giving yourselves a little pat on the back because as i said short time already mm-hmm. the awareness is there but yeah. we're, we're starting to see that um and and i don't mm-hmm. want to take away from the likes of joe yeah. dobson and the and the, yeah. and the um trail angels i mean they're great mm-hmm. and they're super active so they're but it's got to be happy so far i'd say with yeah, the outcomes i think it's um all the people that said like it will be difficult to get a team off the ground it is hell of a difficult <laughs> it is flipping difficult and it's Can really like i mean i do have a, a analytical lab that i'm like co-owning with my husband and he's complaining that i don't spend a lot of time <laughs> at work so i do spend pretty much i think 80 percent of my time with on the project barrier breakers he needs to get out more <laughs> yeah he's luckily bo- bodyboarding boarding yeah um i thought it was boogie boarding boogie boarding i don't know hey the thing that you lie on on the <laughs> in the ocean and then it whoops underneath you away They're land animals uh, yeah so i mean i can't do it on my bike on the bodyboard so it won't work hey but um yeah, it's quite a lot of time it takes, but I am quite proud of what we've put together. I think Ulrika can particularly be very proud. She puts a hell of a lot of effort into it. And, <laughs> you know, there's a lot of communication that happens between all our team members in the day to day. But, um, yeah, I also just think women in Cape Town or in the Western Cape can be stoked for themselves. I know when I when I drive past a woman cycling, I always go like, whoop, whoop, in my car, I do a little cheer, and I get all excited, and I slow down, and, you know, pass very wide. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I think everyone can... Yeah, yeah so it is something... Effort. Yeah, I think it is something that we are proud of, but there's quite a lot, like, quite a lot changed of the initial, like, t- like team budget of what's needed financially. Um, just because we had, like, like, I literally put something out there not knowing, like, who's going to fill the roles and then it's Ren and Tegan there now and with like Cairo to Cape Town happening next year and Epic happening for me and Taylor um, it is quite a lot of cash that one needs so yeah to make everything work and for us to tell all the individual stories we we will definitely need to have a second financial sponsor on board but I mean we are really blessed and really yeah. grateful for the way that we could have started off with wintergreen um i mean and just all of our other sponsors i mean i've yeah. been quite surprised that like brands have really been very giving which has been fantastic we've got abus doing helmets and cadence with nutrition and cape cycle systems with gear parts and um chivita with kits i mean, yeah, I mean we couldn't <laughs> have been more happy with chivita on board yeah, because Chivita's it is something incredible. that's expensive mm. Yeah. Um and especially custom made um like what kind of like sleeves do I we want? Like I, I'm quite fussy with my sleeves, although I don't haven't been cycling a bit but I am fussy. So it is quite nice to have those brands on board. Um So yeah, we're getting there. But yeah, it's like brands that we also resonate with. Um completely. Well, I mean I think a reflection of the value proposition you offer as a would we, I wouldn't say organize like an association mm-hmm. almost is is evident because more and more brands nowadays are realizing very quickly that yeah chucking a logo on some kit and having the person that's standing on the top step of the podium is actually not really going to cut it yeah mm-hmm. um and there are a number of reasons for that that's a probably a three-part podcast we need to <laughs> talk about that but um 
I find that that you guys have hit the balance between in act- actively engaging with people on the ground, enabling them and showing them how to do things, but then through things like PE to Plet, Chevresting, riding to Namibia and back, you've got those other aspects or other tools in your toolbox that bring that top level awareness. So brands achieving two things. Everyone sees it, they're hearing about it, they're talking about it, but then you're actively there on the mornings mm. doing Femme Fridays, Tuesday mornings in Tukai. That's a pretty well-rounded package. So push them for money because it's <laughs> honestly, because because really if you, if you put that into the broader context of what's yeah. happening in the sport, yeah. there are amazing brands out there that are supporting professional mm. teams and you know, during part of the podcast we've recorded in the past is what does it mean for an athlete during this time what are they going to do mm. and they and ultimately athletes needed to broaden their value proposition to actually standing for something mm. telling people more about why they're doing what they're doing instead of i'm doing this because i'm talented it's quite a and selfish endeavor i don't i mean you know mm. to be a, a fully sponsored athlete and to not give back i just i don't know it's you know yes sport is so important but mm. if you're not kind of empowering the rest of the sporting community or doing at least something you know 10 percent of your time to give back or to you know add I've, value I've, then, i think that comes yeah. in phases so in yeah. the beginning when you're trying to establish yourselves and so on it's really difficult to do that when you're trying to figure it out on your own mm. as a as a pro athlete it's a especially in the non-mainstream sports in south africa it's a lonely road man it's super scary and for the most part if your parents aren't your title sponsors you're in real trouble <laughs> yeah um mm. but i completely agree and, and and people that kind of spring to mind i mean joe dobinson for example she's She's not really pursued a professional racing career, but the fact that she's out there and she's helping mm. and she's doing stuff like Porti traveled a different mm. path, but I love yeah. what Porti's doing and that he's still racing professionally. Well, actually not professionally anymore. Couple of seconds off toe at SA's, but he's training camps and he's youth camps and up upskilling the, the next generation. Um, but as a collective, I mean, it's only going to be improved. I'm really excited. It's only going to be improved and I think equally important there is understanding your value of what you guys are up to now and athletes also understanding theirs and not allowing yourselves to be taken advantage of where people are coming in and I mean ultimately for me you're one of the most well-rounded value propositions in cycling at the moment so they must pay the money man <laughs> thank you <laughs> I mean, exa- exactly we'll just uh, pop our bank details into the <laughs> the caption of this and maybe podcast <laughs> But exactly what you were saying about how the athletes can't be selfish, neither can the brands. Like yeah. the sport, and we've had this conversation so many times. Like the sport Vigorous. isn't gonna, mm. isn't going to progress and and flourish if if the brands are just taking and taking. And taking. Yeah. yeah. But should we should we chat a bit about some of the achievements you've touched on that you guys have have gone through so far? I think of the Chevrolet or Chevrolet. How do you yeah. pronounce it? Chevresting. Uh, Chevresting. <laughs> I know people are like, is it she Everesting? Chevresting? Yeah. How do you just Chevresting? Big mountain. <laughs> In fact, climbing. you know, just say it however you want. <laughs> it's fine. Yeah. So that uh, that comes to mind, and the, yeah. and the the border dash, which is in preparation uh, yeah, for something yeah. bigger, obviously. Yeah. Yeah, it's some okay. pretty awesome events you guys have. Yeah, I think we've so. done a you know done a lot already, kind of even pre-team and then during the establishment of the team. Um, Teeks and myself organized a Chevresting in Amanis last year on Heritage Day, um, which was very successful. For Six people who have no idea what that is, what is it? Oh, okay. Um, so, climbing the height of Mount Everest on the bicycle, 8,848 meters of elevation, up one climb. Um, so, yeah, doing essentially a lot of hill repeats. <laughs> 
um, and we had six women complete the full Everesting and five women do the base camp which is 4,424 meters of climbing. Oh, there was um, also like some sort of fundraising. <laughs> it's huge. <laughs> Sorry, I just nearly died. <laughs> but there was also a fundraising connected to the event. Yeah, no, yeah. we also did a, a big fundraiser with Culture Cycles and Kailicha to raise bikes for women mm. in the area um, attached to that. But I mean, yeah, just to have, you know, 11 women together doing this challenge was amazing. And to have Marisa break the South African record then. Um, I know Annika Lunt has now recently broken it up Tal Monument, so big kudos to her because it's a hell of a steep climb as well. Oh, that's proper um, steep. Yeah. And I watched them finishing and I was like, how are you still going so fast? It was like an end sprint for the last kilometer. Oh, madness. I mean, we actually looked at that climb for our Shiversting and we just decided it was too steep. Like, it was just going to cause too much out of, a, of a dropout rate um, for the women. So. So yeah, Chevresting, we've got another Chevresting in Josie in two weeks' time, which I'm very excited Ooh, for. That's very soon. Yeah, excited to meet some Josie riders. There's a hill big enough in Josie. <laughs> <laughs> um, 4,824 yeah, uh, laps. <laughs> well, yeah, we've, we've kind of been looking at two. Um, there's Lynxfield and then multiple variations up Northcliffe, which is kind of the go-to. Um, but we've been more put off Linksfield. there's lots of switchbacks and people are saying that you know the descending the breaking is just that's kind of what kills you at the end of the day you know there's so much to it you look at a hill on Strava or on a map and think okay this looks great but then you know you've actually got to ride it and experience it um so yeah that's going to happen now on the 17th of April which I'm looking forward to and then um, we're also doing one overseas, which is going to be very exciting. <laughs> wow, things yeah, coming together. Yeah, so that's going to happen more towards the end of the year. Um, What's the plan there? With a group called Women Ride. Um, they're based in Belgium, and I know everyone says, you know, Belgium's very flat. How mm -hmm. are you going to do an Everesting? <laughs> but, you know, you only really need a hill of about 100 meters of climbing. So we'll make a plan. It might not be in Belgium, so to speak, but it'll be with their group, with their women's group. Um, so yeah, a lot going on there. Yeah. Amazing, amazing. And the mm. the border dash that happened fairly recently. Yeah, maybe yeah, you so speak about that. Yeah. That was for Tegan to check how her body, like if she's capable of riding consecutive days, like 350k average. Um, yeah, so 350 kilometer average. And yeah, the idea was just to have. Why would she need to check if she can do that? Yeah, so her end goal is to break the oh no, wait, maybe not break the that. break to, the world record no, the to break Cairo the to Cape world Town. record for Cairo to Cape Town that's currently held by a man. There's currently no woman record, so to set the women's record and potentially breaking the men's record. I know she doesn't want to put that out publicly, but I just did Ach, that it's for public her. knowledge. Um, so much like yourself, she set the bar quite low. Yeah, yeah, yeah definitely. Um, Are you sensing a trend? <laughs> but yeah, so that's her goal. Like next year, probably Feb, if everything goes according to plan. Um, Damn you, COVID. <laughs> but um, yeah, so she wanted to see for five days. So going to the Namibian border and back from Alpestrand in five days. Um, that How much distance is that? That's 1,440 kilometers with like 13,000 meters of climbing. Um, I don't think my brain can actually like <laughs> comprehend those yeah, numbers. It's actually like, I'm like, it's quite flat on the way to Namibia, but it's not. Um, <laughs> so Taylor and myself... Well, it is north, so you're heading uphill, basically. Yeah, the last 40 k's to the border is literally like a 40-kilometer descent. 
and I'm like, why did we say we'll write with her from the border back? <laughs> um, but yeah, we ended up needing to write back. So Taylor and myself went with as support, and then we had Ray Truebound for just a little bit of media support and a bit of training. Yeah, he, yeah, yeah. Um, we ended up riding with her because we are in preparation for Cape Epic next year, March, and we want to go like for a podium position at the Africa Jersey. Also, just putting that out there officially. Yep putting it out there officially so but how was your first epic mm. okay <laughs> you end up oh no we got the african jersey you know, pretty average but yeah i mean there's quite a lot happening tegan did manage to do the namibian border dash in quite an impressive time we did struggle with quite a lot of um crosswinds taylor and myself ended up crashing on the road bike um i broke her bike but um, any bike sponsors out there, this is your, <laughs> your cue. <laughs> but yeah, so um, we did realize that we might need to stick with the mountain bikes and not the road bikes. Um, but yeah, there's quite a lot happening. It will probably be, if it, or everything go according to plan, there will be like a Vic Falls dash for Tegan and the team to just like take the five days into 10 days. Um, she will ride back just in just basically car. another big kind of training camp for that attempt but then next we'll year. go so this time she was just about like can my body do these consecutive days the next one will be where there's because for the record she's not allowed to draft at all so the previous the nam um trip we were her wind guards so we <laughs> like like she drafted behind us um, so this time around she'll just go like no drafting and just see like how her body copes with that but then also have the two vehicles there that she'll like mimic her Cairo to Cape Town kind of camping um, to have the one vehicle go ahead put up camp get the food ready and then when she gets there then, then that's ready um, so yeah there's quite a lot happening um, that we're quite excited about and she struggled quite a bit with the saddle discomfort as yeah, she managed to figure out what was up there. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> she, um, herself and Ren went for a bike setup and new they all they both got new saddles. So she hasn't ridden with that new saddle quite a bit beforehand. It was about two weeks before. Yeah, so two weeks so, before. Yeah. Um, and three three hundred k's a day. It's not a, it's not a, a lot of time, time to get used to the new yeah, saddle. And also, her, she was quite used to riding quite a narrow saddle saddle and it's pretty much the same as me when i started off nobody explained to me the difference like well people don't even realize they need to actually get a bike setup done you yeah, know yeah. if they're kind of like okay i'm gonna buy this bike and ride it now this whole <laughs> you? Uh, still haven't had, i still haven't done mine it's because i'm actually scared they'll be like so dude you're too tall no bike no bike available yeah but i mean i rode for a year and a half on a men's saddle not knowing that there's something more comfortable out there yeah um so she got a new saddle and then after the first day she already had some very uncomfortable saddle sores um and then Taylor in, on the second day actually said to her, like, well, just have my saddle. And then after the third day, her parents actually drove to Van Reinsdorp to give her her touring saddle. That's quite like this leather kind of springing loaded saddle. But that's <laughs> a brick saddle. Yeah. yeah um, that thing quite worked, but it's quite hectic. Like it's hectic to, I don't know. I don't know how she did it. I mean, I said like, I'm not made for these 500 kilometer kind of rides. She's so definitely got tenacity. 
Yeah, definitely. Um, so there's quite a lot of lessons learned from there. Like nutrition is super, super important. You can't live off donuts, Tegan. Bless um, <laughs> <Blasphemy>. me. <laughs> Someone told Doug that. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I don't know if that answered your question. Yeah, no, and you're and okay, I suppose you put it out there with the epic. You you're going for for third African jersey. Yeah, I think it's something. I mean, you can't. I mean, we have like t Taylor and myself only rode our first stage race together was PE to play this year, and I mean, we just realized again like we really do ride very nicely or lacquer together. Lacquer. So, I mean, especially I, when um, Taylor's in front, you know, leading the way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, she's not very good at like directions observing the little arrows so we did get lost twice on the second or third day but we recovered quite well that it's 6k's extra but it's say hey, what's that um but yeah i mean it's quite nice to have a relationship where we i mean we can communicate quite well on the bike not as well as ren and tegan where she just shouts at her partner <laughs> saying pull me partner pull me lots of communication um, <laughs> but yeah i mean it's uh it's quite nice to have a riding partner that just like literally you can just look back and you can know like can I go a little bit harder does she need to wait for me or, or stuff like that so I think that's quite important and we both are being coached by Barry so I think we are in very very good hands um, although I don't like all the VO2 max intervals but it's okay you'll like them when you're on the podium at Epic yeah so yeah and it, I mean I don't know I said to Barry like what's a good goal to have and he, we said what about like gunning for the podium at African Jersey and he just said yes with a lot of like smiley faces so I'm like okay well cool. I think confirmed. That, that's a cool confirmed goal that's <laughs> so, right so yeah awesome and going yeah going forward in terms of as individuals and as a team and setting these these goals are there people or other groups that you're looking up to for this Ooh. um i don't know do you th like how do you mean that now like are there individuals in the sport that you look up to as um, inspire us that inspire yeah definitely um i think kind of more on the bike packing front and just on the more I don't know, women empowerment and equality front. Um, Lael Wilcox really inspires me. She does a lot of very hardcore races um, across continents. And, um, you know, it was kind of only when she got her first kit sponsor that she actually started wearing cycling kit, um, <laughs> which I think is just, you know, just shows that, you know, kits and bikes aren't really an excuse. You just need to get out mm. there and do what you want on your bike and, yeah, go set badass goals and the rest will kind of fall into place. Yeah. It's probably one of the more sage bits of advice that I got from Ollie Munich in the early days. I was like, oh, but don't I need this and don't he's like, dude, just ride your bike. Yeah, just go rock up, you know. And, and you'll you know, figure it out from there. Completely. None of the fluff. It is quite, you know, you get ready for a bike ride now and it's like tire pressure, backlight, front light is my garmin charged do i have my spare tube and my bomb yeah, it's have i put on chamois cream like the list is endless <laughs> where is my helmet where are my gloves you know and you haven't even left the front door yet you haven't even hit the trail 100 <laughs> percent. i wanted to say something about chamois cream and bib shorts though we did that karoo crossing and one jason bull was like i don't need bibs for this <laughs> and he rode in basically his enduro shorts with no bibs <laughs> for 300 and whatever k's 
How'd that go for you, by the way? I didn't actually end up asking. You were walking funny. <laughs> no, that's what I was going to reckon. Maybe uh, maybe Tegan needs to try the that uh, tactic. Oh, is it? Well, it's fine. fine. No problem. Lots of chamois cream. <laughs> <laughs> but no chamois, yeah. Yeah, so she did um, realize the importance of chamois cream on the Namibian trip because she didn't ever use it before. Seriously? Oh, yeah. wow. Okay. Yeah. Oh. Ooh, yeah. yeah. Luckily... Yeah. Winter good things to talk about. A very nice barrier bomb. Okay, well yeah. That's a good lesson for her to learn <laughs> before setting off on Cairo. <laughs> <laughs> she only had four days to suffer through after the sores developed. Yeah, yeah. so we've got the, the saddle sorted. We've got the chamois cream sorted. So I'm sure the next trip will go mm. slightly more, more comfortable. Yeah. But I think you're spot on there, Ren. Like, there's a lot of superfluous stuff that mm. you maybe when you're getting into the sport, you see everyone else has got mm. the kits and the bike and... Mm all the tools and you think and maybe it might be more of a woman specific problem because of the lack of community around yeah. them whereas I like I would have gone riding with a mate who maybe didn't have it all together but yeah when you haven't got that riding community to to tap into you're yeah. even more clueless yeah. And yeah it's good for people to know that it is at the end of the day at the end of the day it's just about getting out and having a good time on your bike in whatever Literally. way you want to um, yeah. and you don't need all the things you obviously as you as you get more into it, you start thinking you need all the things. <laughs> yeah, and I just think it's important that I mean, if somebody's got a question, just ask it. It's not. It's never a dumb question. I mean, I can remember like just asking somebody something about a kit, and I ended up. I I literally felt like a charity for the first year and a half that I was riding. I've never. I didn't buy myself any kit because like people are just giving this woman and sharing will give me and her old epic kit that she never wore like brand new in still the Chuvita little sucky but I mean and nowadays if somebody asks me like I don't think twice about like giving out a kit that's probably worn twice that I don't need right now and I would love to give it to somebody that can use it so I mean it's almost like this pay it forward thing like Mm. if you've got an extra saddle like maybe give it to a guy that needs to saddle more than what I will need it because I need some wider saddle so yeah i think they're just like asking somebody like advice not that i'm prone to giving advice because i'm like i'm still learning every single ride <laughs> so i would rather like i'll never go out and give advice i'll rather like if somebody asks me something i'll say my own experience and then rather but yeah i think we more it's more to just create this mentality that any question is an acceptable yeah. question we're open to answering them um you know rock up to our rides as you are obviously just mm. make sure or hopefully bring a bike that's you know semi-functioning otherwise mechanic mm. orica will make a plan and fix <laughs> it on the go we've seen a couple of bikes that like the chain is so dirty that it like ends up sticking to the chain ring and then to the chain itself um but so we'll make a plan so it, we'll <laughs> always make a plan and if we yeah. can't make a plan we'll like direct them to the closest like bike shop that we also use so yeah but that that does come with a warning though right because once the bug's bitten you're basically buggered because you're going to be poor because yeah you can say goodbye to any kind of financial security (laughs) you'll arrive with your beginner bike and then (laughs) three months later it won't be so much of a beginner bike and then you'll end up with the garments and all those things it's a it's a good habit to have it's a black hole of spending it is is. but (laughs) as i justified it's investing in your health and your well-being you're building community friends fellowship you can't underestimate those things in life nowadays especially when everyone's so distracted um Mm. i think it's something that 
you know, I encourage more people to do on a daily basis. If you can't do it every day either, that's also fine. Like two, three times a week. Get yeah. out, man. Go and do it. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, love it. So I think that kind of wraps things up really nicely. Um, we are going to give you a push now. So what I mean by that is, guys, uh, brands listening in, get in touch with them. How can <laughs> they do that? Where can they find you? How can they get involved? Yeah, so I think... Um, on in- well, yeah, just DM like- us on Instagram. It's at Wintergreen Barrier Breakers at the moment. Or you can drop us an email, ulrica at barrierbreakers.co.za or anata at barrierbreakers.co.za. Find our personal profiles as well. I'm sure Doug's going to link those below. Um, but yeah, Instagram is the <laughs> Instagram is the fastest way. Just drop us a message. Um, and yeah, we'd love to meet you and chat to you. Yes. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks for your time. We hope you enjoyed listening to this one. Um, I love these types of conversations and I love speaking to doers. So again, well done. Thank you and, so much. Uh, Thank you. Thanks for having safe, us. Safe journeys on all the, the many journeys that you're taking <laughs> on as a collective. Yeah. Good job. Yeah, Thank come you. to see where you guys go from here. Yeah, Thank ready. You guys. We're ready for our next skill session. <laughs> I don't know if I'm ready no for your next skill session. <laughs> when you can track stand and do cutties, then we can. Oh, then we can the progress. Not putting Ooh. the bar high. <laughs> Look, I'm, I've been riding with J Dog now for two years, and I can't do either of those things. So yeah, I can I do a track stand, but not a cutty. I can do a track stand when my bike's leaning against the wall. <laughs> That's about it. Or a knot as well. <laughs> yes. So progression. There we go. Thanks, folks. We'll catch you on the next one. Thank you so much.